Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. All right, it's time for another episode of Saints Drunk History. Uh, today, we are joined by Dave, who, like me, is totally shit-faced. Today's topic... We've been we've been drinking since 5.30. We have been. And it's, it's currently 8.30. It is. And, That's three hours of drinking. And Our pe- wife, my wife, you know, put the kids to bed. She left, she went out. And then I don't know where your wife is, but she's gone too. Yeah, it's just been two dudes drinking all day, own, but but together in a way. Yeah, together, but not in the same place. Uh, so people were like, "Look, we love Ditka, we love the Ditka years, but could you do something fun and, and a happy memory?" So today we're doing the 2009 NFC Championship game, and I want to start out by saying. While I am, it was awesome. It was awesome. But while I am completely not sober at this moment, the NFC Championship game was one of the probably handful of Saints games in the past 20 years where I did not have a drop of alcohol during or after because I woke up or I got into, I flew into New Orleans and Saturday night by 10 o'clock I had 102 fever. And, that sucks. And I was just shot. And my mom was like, you can't go to the game. My mom was like, I don't think you can go to the game. I'm like, I don't care if I have fucking leprosy. I'm going to that fucking game. We're going to load me up with painkillers. We're going to load me up with whatever it takes. I'm going. And uh, like the, the AFC championship game during the day, didn't see a play of it. Slept through all of it. Woke up, loaded myself up with paint, with meds and soda, and went to the game. Uh, so the NFC championship game. It was interesting because I feel like in 2009, like halfway through the year, Saints fans were like, Minnesota's, that's the team. Like, we're 8-0, they're 7-1, like, they're the, they're the team. We have to get home field, and they're going to be the team we play because Favre is playing out of his mind, even though he's 40 years old. And, <laughs> you know, but Dave, wasn't that accurate? Isn't that, isn't that not yeah. accurate? Yeah, totes accurate. That was totes accurate. So... The Saints. What are you sipping on there, buddy? I'm sipping on Basil Hayden. They should sipping be a, on gin and juice. They should be a sponsor. They are so good. They're only <laughs> 80 proof, but you can drop a couple cubes in and just pour it in. It goes down smooth. You can drink it and drink it and drink it and drink it, and it doesn't hit you hard. It's sort of like it's sort of like a wave. It just sort of crests over you. 
So the Saints <laughs> this is like the, that Seinfeld episode where Kramer is, <laughs> is doing the pretend ad pitches for that <laughs> that whiskey or whatever that was. <laughs> so good. So the Saints are playing the Vikings. By the way, the Saints were three and a half point favorite going into the game, but a lot of people like Minnesota. Uh, the Saints had sort of righted themselves, you know, because they lost the last three games. Then they they just beat Minnesota like they like a rented mule, right? So we're feeling good. Uh, but going into the game, how nervous were you going into the Minnesota game, David? Were you were you, were you like confident? Were you were you scared? How, how were you feeling? Well, so you, you had you went to the game. You had a hundred and two degree fever, but you toughed it out like yeah. a man, and and you went to the game. I. I went to the game as well. We were in the same building at the same time. Um, the night before, I had my Mardi Gras cruise ball. So Aaron and I, this was before we had kids, we stayed downtown at the Hilton Riverside where the ball was and stayed over that night and then kind of spent the morning and the afternoon in the Aww. quarter. And oh, we were kind of like, uh, you know, playing tourist at home. Um, and then went to the game at 6.30 or whenever it was. Um, was I nervous? Yeah, I was. Are you kidding me? I mean, this was this was the biggest game in Saints history. I mean, they had never been this far in the playoffs. Well, they got um, to the NFC Championship in 06, but they'd never been at home. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what? That's fine. I forgot about that. Uh, but, yeah, they'd never been at home. Uh, never seemed, you know... It was, you know, it, it seemed like it was possible. It wasn't like they were totally, uh, you know, out, out, out talented or, or anything like that. Um, so, it, yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking. But it was fun spending the day in the quarter and seeing like everybody dressed up and, and into the game. I mean, it was like. And that. I mean, there was like this energy, you know. That I, I crowd know. was lit because it was a yeah. 5.30 game. Like that, that stadium was but I would say that stadium, I wouldn't say it was was more intense or 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 a better quote unquote crowd than the Gleason game or any other. But that crowd was the, the 2009 NFC Championship. It was different than the Gleason 2006 game. It wasn't better. It wasn't more intense. But it was different it was this sort of like well we oh didn't my know god the super bowl's right in front of us well like the falcons game you know it was opening the dome in 2006 i mean like we didn't know how the game was going to go and, and and how you know that gleason was going to make the block and all that kind of stuff i mean with the nfc championship game we knew this was the biggest game yeah that's true. uh you know of year and uh man I, I, i'm talking about this now and it's already bringing back all those feelings yeah it the thing was interesting in that game. They got some weird fucking stats from this game. Did you know there's no there was no sacks in this game? And really, that that I was like, what? What? Did, no, 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 no. That can't be right. No sacks. <laughs> but I feel like the Saints beat the shit out of Brett, Brett Favre during that game. Yeah, oh, you know, because it was all it was all uh, late hits and illegal stuff. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> it was it was it was dirty, man. Bounty it game. was a little dirty. I mean, it Dirt, was bounty gotta, game totally gotta, worth it. If you'd have told me, yeah. if you'd have told me that it's going to cost you two second round picks, but you got to beat the shit out of Brett Favre to get to the Super Bowl, I'd have been like, it could be four first round picks, buddy. It could be, <laughs> it could be four number ones. I don't give a shit. Kill him. Um, um, 
No, no. You, you, I, I, I've been looking at the stats, too. I looked at the stats before the game. If you had told me before the game that Adrian Peterson was going to have three touchdowns and Drew Brees was going to throw for less than 200 yards. You'd be like, oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. I would be like, oh, we're fucked. It's going to be like 45 to 7. Great. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, those are actual stats. Adrian Peterson had three touchdowns in this game. He also Drew had, Brees only. He, only has, he also had two fumbles. Yes, and that's the thing. And that's exactly, and that's exactly why this game ended up uh, but I, turning in the Saints' favor. I mean, there were a lot of turnovers. There were five, a lot of turnovers. Minnesota, in this game. Tur- Minnesota turned it over five. The Saints had their only turnover the whole playoffs. Reggie Bush fumbled a punt, but then Brett Favre and Adrian Peterson fucked up a handoff at like the four-yard line, and the Saints got it right back. But this game, it's the, the, you look at the stats and you're like, man, Minnesota kind of kick the Saints' ass if it wasn't for the turnovers. But the thing is, for the Saints is they Courtney Roby ran back a kick almost for a touchdown, so the Saints had a short field. They got a bunch of short fields off the, the Vikings' turnovers. and Pierre Thomas had the had the good kick return in yeah, overtime. Yeah, he took it they, back to, like, the 40. Yeah, so we'll start in the first quarter. Minnesota comes down. They score. Adrian Peterson's great. The Saints are kind of short. Then they hit Pierre Thomas like a 40-yard, 38-yard pass. Uh, catch and run, screen pass, touchdown is tied. This game was basically even the whole way. Like no team was ahead by more than seven. Um, Pierre Thomas, you know everybody. That game, you, you sort of remember Hartley, and you sort of remember uh, Tracy Porter, the legend. But Pierre Thomas, that game, Dave, he was so good. Just talking yeah. about the first half, he had. A receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown in the first half. First half, he had 122 total yards or 100 yards total of receiving and running, and the 40-yard kickoff return. Um, so he's like, I feel like if you made a list of the greatest games in Saints history, I feel like when people made the list. Pierre Thomas, he wouldn't be on it for the NFC. You'd have to remind them, but it's probably <laughs> it's probably top three all time greatest performances in Saints history. I would argue because remember, not only did he have the kickoff return in, in overtime, he had the fourth and one where he dove over the yeah. top. Uh, so I mean, that was just a world class performance, and I think people for for some reason it gets like his performance gets lost in the great moments of Saints history. God, I am so drunk. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know me. I'm uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge Pierre Thomas fanboy. I'm, <laughs> I'm the leader of the I Love PT fan club. PT PT Bruiser, as we Cruiser, <laughs> as we like to call him. Um, no, no, right, yeah, he it it was an awesome game. I I think that first receiving touchdown he had came off of one of those typical um, perfectly run. Beautiful screen oh, passes so good screen. that we used to. Well, he was good at it. I mean, because he, he he was very good at reading his blocks and 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 going the right direction. But also because he had fucking Carl Nix, oh, dude, and Jari one. Evans, um, and Jermon Bushrod. That um, th- I mean, I, I think Carl Nix and Jari Evans. I think both were first team all pros yeah, that season. That, that, I mean, he, they have they had probably or arguably the best offensive line in the league that year, and well, that makes me, a difference, especially well, when you want to run a fucking screen play. Well, here's the thing about that line, and people will remember it, is uh, Jamal Brown, he got the he, he won the annual uh, 
injured groin <laughs> award in in training camp and was out for the year, and Bushrod started at left tackle all year. That line was so deep. Zach Streif, who the Saints had drafted in 06, in 09, he was still on the team, but he was tackle eligible, Zach Streif. That's how we knew him then. Right? Yep, that's totally true. And um, so, I mean, that's how deep I mean, they were. I mean, Zach didn't, Zach didn't really become a starter. Uh, until, until 11, basically. I don't even... I don't even know. Man, no, I it thought was it was el- like 13 it, or 14. No, it was 11 because Stinchcomb came to camp and he retired because he was done. But the interesting thing, another thing about PT as we – I don't know when people are going to hear this podcast, but the Saints are dealing with a trade. Maybe they'll trade with New England for uh, Malcolm Butler. But fun fact, it didn't happen tonight, but in 2010, the Saints were this close – to ship in Pierre Thomas to New England for a corner. This close. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it didn't it. happen. Uh, so this back to this game. Uh, this game, it got weird in the second half, man. It got really weird. I mean, Adrian <laughs> Peterson was fumbling all over the joint. The Saints had interceptions. Reggie Bush had the, t- the touchdown that they had to challenge on. This, I mean, this game got, Dave, it got weird in the second half. And I'm not just saying that because I'm shit-faced. Would you? Yeah, but it was... But it was awesome, and it was like totally exciting. And I feel like if I was just if I was your average NFL fan who didn't care about the Saints or the Vikings, um, and I was just watching this game, you know, just because I love football, I mean, I I, I would have been pretty happy with the game. I, it would have been pretty badass and fun to watch. Um, no, it was a great game to watch. It's it's kind of hard yeah. for me, me to re. I rewatched it to get ready for this podcast. I don't know how much I remember because I watched highlights earlier. Yeah, it's kind of because the thing is, you watched the Super Bowl. I feel like the Saints were the better team in the Super Bowl from like from like the end of the first quarter on. This game, man, it was tight back and forth, and I mean, it had about it had about two or three things that if it doesn't go the Saints' way, man, they are fucked. And the thing is. I wasn't that nervous going into the game because I was so sick. Um, but if you would have told me when I woke up that morning, and it's true now that we know all the history post-2009, right, Dave? If you would have told me this is as close as the Saints are ever going to get to a Super Bowl in your life, which I pro- I. I'm pretty sure it's an accurate statement, Dave. If you'd have told me that when I woke up Sunday morning, I'd have peed my pants. I'd have been so nervous. And and it, that's how it sort of ended up after. We didn't know that at the time, right? We thought the window was opening. They're going to be really good. They might go back, blah, 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 blah. That's not how it went. Uh, but this game, man, it got it got really, really weird. Um, and not just because of uh, the ending sequence, which we'll get to in a second. But in the third quarter, uh, Adrian Peterson uh, scores, and it's 21-21. And, um, one of and his three touchdowns. One of his three touchdowns. He was, he was simultaneously spectacular and terrifying <laughs> for Saints fans and spectacular and terrifying for Minnesota fans all at once. Like, it was a... It was a masterclass of like everything a Hall of Famer player can be all at once because that's Adrian Peterson. Like you look at him and he's like, a, you're like, oh my god, he's a force of nature, and oh my god, he's fumbling. He's putting like you know like. Uh, well, look, you know what? I, I I rewatched some of the, some of the 
highlights and the footage from that game. And, you know, some of those some of those turnovers were just straight up the Vikings' fault. I mean, like, there was a bad handoff, I think, on the first fumble or yep. whatever. Um, but, uh, but some of those fumbles, you know, were your awesome first-year Greg Williams defense. I mean, Tracy, yep. I think... Uh, Tracy Porter forced a fumble yeah. um, after a catch. And, I mean, he straight up just punched the ball. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, he he literally had one thing on his mind and one thing only, and that was, I'm fucking, I'm knocking this ball loose. And, you know, and he literally straight up just, if you watch the highlight, he straight up just punches through the guy's arm and tries to punch the ball through. And... I, I think that's something that we still we don't see with today's Saints defense over the last few years. Um, you know, they say they want to focus on turnovers, but I, I don't see that kind of stuff happening yeah. in the current Saints D. And I think that was that was the kind of stuff that that was the reason the Saints were able to get that far was their turnovers. They well, were I don't even know what they were. They were tops. They were t- they, the they, they they had were, like fifty. They, they had like thirty. Four turnovers, I thought. Like it was a well, but they were were at least like top five in turnover ratio. I mean, that's yeah. what's important is turning, you know, getting turnovers and and at the same time not turning the ball over. And they their turnover ratio was was tops, and that was, I mean, that was just Greg Williams. I mean, he he really, whether you like him or not anymore because of Bounty Gate and everything that's happened, whatever. But he came in here and he lit a fire under these guys' asses and said, you know, we're gonna start getting turnovers and. You know, it, it worked. Yeah. So the, the the funny thing was, and this this is the God's honest truth. In the when Akeem dropped the ball, that game was getting out of control, and you were like, "Oh my God, the Rams are going to get." They were down. The Saints were up thirty-one to seven, and they're going to lose this playoff game. I can't believe this. And I turned to my mom, and I was like, "Hakeem always fucking fumbles punts. He was born to fumble this punt, and he fumbled it." And coming down to that sequence for Minnesota at the end of the game, they're driving. It's 28-20, 28 they're driving. Um, you know, they got first and 10 at the Saints 33. They run Chester Taylor for no gain. They run Adrian Peterson for no gain. And then they had the fuck up where they had the 12 men in the, on the, in the huddle, right? And I turned to my, I turned to my mom and I said, Minnesota – they always fuck shit up. It's their destiny. They were born to do it. They lost four Super Bowls. They have they Minnesota. If you look at their heartbreaking playoff losses since 1980, their NFC Championship losses. They got blown out by the Giants. They lost in overtime to Atlanta when their kicker that hadn't missed all year missed. They lost to Washington to Doug Williams when the, the running back dropped the touchdown going in. So they have, like, heartbreaking losses. And I knew all this, and I was like, oh, my God, Brad Childress, you mustache-having motherfucker. You are going to fuck this up. And Brett Favre did a Brett Favre and rolled and threw it and Tracy Porter and it. And Dave, tell, you might tell you I'm completely wrong. For a split second, I thought Tracy Porter was going to take that to the house because he picked it off and he went up to the side and they had blockers and I was like, oh my God, he's going to the house. Am I, is that just the, the joy? I never, you never I saw I that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I know. I stand by it. God damn it. <laughs> I stand by that. 
I don't remember ever thinking that. I was just so, I mean. That would have been the greatest thing I ever. I think he realized that, I mean, there was like four seconds left. So yeah. I think well, he Saints realized ran two, it was more important the, to get down. The Saints actually ran two plays. They they uh, ran a pass to Reggie Bush, and then Drew Brees was incomplete, I guess, on a Hail Mary uh, from the Saints 48. Mm-hmm. And then we went to overtime, which, by the way, the Saints, I, I want to say during that year, had lost like nine or ten coin, coin tosses in a row. And let me tell you something. Of all the great things that happened in the Super Bowl, the Tracy Porter interception against the Vikings, the interception against the Colts, the great play of Breeze, it is for naught if Will Smith doesn't make the correct call (laughs) on the coin toss. Because I'm fucking telling you, both of those defenses were fucking done. Well, it's funny because, um, you know, I remember being at the game and – regulation time ends and it's tied and i mean we i'm sure you felt the same way like emotionally you're already like drained you're like i mean you you've been through every fucking emotion you've been happy you've been uh upset yeah uh it's been a roller coaster um for the last 60 minutes watching this game but you felt that you felt i would say that's all true but I felt really good because I felt no. like the I no. felt like the Saints the Saints dodged the bullet like the Saints if the Saints had drove down and Hartley had like missed the field goal and then you're going overtime you're like fuck we're going overtime it was like yeah we're going overtime baby it was a it was a different it was a different kind of feel I mean there's there's different kind no, of overtime for me right? I was no I was I was like so. I was emotionally fun. drained. I was so nervous. I was so anxious. And I, w- one of my big memories from the game, and I don't know why it is, but one of my big memories from the game is is thinking, like, we've uh, we've we've battled for these four quarters and we're tied, and now this whole goddamn game is going to come down to this coin flip. Because I mean, <laughs> remember? Yes. Because I mean, this this was this was before they changed the rule. This game was. Kind of the reason no, it why, was why they, they changed, changed the, rule. the overtime rule. The media, so this was ba- this was this was back in when it yes. didn't matter if you scored, you scored, and that was it. If if you yep. got the ball first and you scored, whether even if it was a field goal, uh, that's it. The other, yeah, Dunzo. And the, so I, I my I just I vividly vividly remember thinking like this is. I, I'm, I was angry almost <laughs> because the Saints had battled against the Vikings for so long and. It, it's like great. This is just going to come down to a stupid coin flip, it and of did. course they win the coin flip. And I'm like, yes. Will I was Smith like, rip. okay, na- Good job. yeah. Once they once they won the coin flip, that was when I was yeah. feeling more optimistic. So I think more like you were feeling. Pierre Thomas, yeah. runs a kickoff back 40 yards. I mean, the Saints, yeah. as we know, they suck at kickoff returns. But Pierre Thomas, 40 yard return. Then Pierre Thomas, three yards, three yard run. Reggie Bush, one yard run. Uh, third down, key play, incomplete, but. Defensive holding, first down, Saints 48. Then he go incomplete, David Thomas. Uh, then incomplete, Colston. Uh, then he hits Devery Henderson for nine yards, and it's fourth and one at the Minnesota 43, and it's like, what are you going to do? Fourth and one, yeah. If you miss it, they got the ball at the 40 fucking three. They get a couple plays, they win. They go for it. Pierre Thomas kind of bobbled the ball over the top. He got it barely. They challenged it, but they couldn't figure out the spot, so they left it like it was. I mean, I guess he got it. I watched. I, I, I just I just watched it five, ten minutes ago or twenty minutes ago before we started this podcast, and 
I he he got it. He I got mean, it. I, I thought he was well over the yeah. line. So then he hits. Uh, then he gets it. Then they then they have another pass interference penalty on Minnesota. Uh, so the Saints have it at the twenty nine. Is that the they, one on David Thomas? Yeah. So Ben Lieber had the penalty, and that at that point. It's like a death spiral for Minnesota. You can you can you can you can look at it on the sideline. You can see that it, they're in a death spiral. And look, we've been there, Dave. We've been there with the Saints, where you fucking know it is all going wrong. It hadn't ended yet. It hadn't ended yet. But you know this is not. It's gonna, over. It's so you this is not ending well, right? So it's, a, it's so. It hasn't ended, but, but it, it's over. But it's over. It's like it's like the death. It's like the walking <laughs> to the electric chair. You know, it's fucking. Come on, come on. I mean, like, like I'm trying to think of a specific, like Detroit game two years ago, like when the Saints, like, or or 2014 when they blew it, right? You just like you're like, I can't believe they're fucking blowing it, and it's not over, but it's over. So the Saints line up for the field goal, right? And I don't know how you, where you sit for field goals, but where we sit and we've sat the same. I can't really tell. Uh, Me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same situation. So I've learned right. over the 25 years that we have tickets. You watch the crowd behind the goal. Watch the crowd behind the goal. <laughs> That's the trick. And it's, it's, 99% of the time they're right. But like this year, this year, this past year versus the Raiders, the crowd got pumped and they did the thing because it was it, uh, Lutz's kick was going and it drifted off right at the end. So I'm just like I'm just I'm just like locked in on that crowd. Like <laughs> I'm like he's got to make this fuck kick and uh he kicked it and as soon as it was in the air the crowd is just there i see two people like hugging i'm like yeah <laughs> it's really good and like i'm hugging my mom like and the thing i don't know how you are but my section of people like we've all been in that section for like a decade like all of us right or even longer son of like some of us have been in there for like 15 16 years so like you're like i wouldn't say they're like family but you know them right you know yeah no there's uh that's totally like it is um where i sit in fact i mean i've wanted to move a little bit higher and move <laughs> a little bit further back in the plaza but i i don't because i don't want to i don't want to move away from all the people that sit near me that i've gotten to know over the last 10 12 years um i mean i have I have their phone numbers, you know, sometimes yeah. we just text or whatever, or talk, uh, you know, in the off season or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it's definitely like a family. And at that time I was sitting behind, um, voodoo man, <laughs> a pretty well known, a pretty well known super fan. And, but for the NFC game, he came dressed as like, he was kind of like a devil. He, he looked like the devil and he had a black robe the on and then, um, and then he wore he was wearing a giant clock um, <laughs> around his neck like a like um what's his face the rapper um, like uh what's his what's uh, his name public enemy uh, no well yeah uh, flavor flav yeah flavor flav he had flavor like flav fla- yeah he had a giant flavor flav he's dressed as the devil has a giant flavor flav clock um, pointed to hell freezing over because that's what time it was because the Saints were finally going to win this, a go, championship go game Bowl, yeah. and go to the Super Bowl. Um, and then after that season, I think they moved him. They like they redid the plaza. Oh and yeah, screwed up some of the seating. Yeah. So like I'm hu- like hugging people. People are crying. We're, yeah. We're like we're all like holding arms and like swaying like like teenagers at our high school. It was a, it was magical. I don't even. And the thing yeah. is like I was so oh, yeah. 
I was so out of it from the fever and the soda. Like, I don't even really remember the post-game, like, You don't trophy. remember Anthony Hargrave doing snow angels in the... Not really. The, I don't really remember. In, I, I, in the I, confetti. I don't remember. I remember something, Sean Payton saying something about the dome being wet or whatever. Yeah, but I yeah. There was a hole in the ceiling. Else. I remember Reggie Bush, like, Plowing in the gumbo and like knocking him over like a bowling pin. But, like the rest of it, like <laughs> I, like I don't really remember it. And so, like everybody, you know, you stay for the trophy presentation and you and you, and you just kind of like we just kind of like stayed for a while and like then we we go out and you go out and and, and you know the 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 energy when you when you when you're walking out the terrace and you're walking out the gates when the Saints always win. There's always this fun energy. There was this joy and the joy for for 06 post gleason wasn't like this joy like this joy was like getting married having a kid joy of 65 70,000 people just in the street just joy they had a band just i don't know if they were doing loops around the dome or what but they were just out there man and we were going out and they're like playing out walking down it was it was phenomenal walking out the dome but Dave I walk out the dome and we're, we're having fun and I'm thinking I'm all right and we get out the dome down the down the the front thing we go past city hall and I get like right to city hall and my body's like oh yeah buddy you got 102 fever and my body just shuts down and I just start vomiting everywhere <laughs> And it's what a wonderful like, memory. What a wonderful memory. So I'm just like, cause I, cause I had all the coma and I was just drinking cokes to just like whatever, you know, the caffeine. Water. So I must have had probably like five of those souvenir cups of coke during the game, and it all was like coming back up. And people were like going up to my mom, was like, "How much did he have to drink? Is he, you need some help? Is he is he gonna be all right? How, Jesus, he got shit faced." I'm like, "I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk at all." And then I would throw like like it was like the, I'm like I'm not drunk, and then I'd throw up some more. Like I threw up like it was like a like a stream of like into the gut. Like it was I didn't think it was possible to, for a human body to throw up this much much until I had a child, but. Uh, it was not pretty, um, but that was my memory of it. Um, how when you how was your like go? Did you like go out after and celebrate, or did you just go home? How would how did it how did you deal with it after? Uh, you know what? I, I've I, it really wasn't that crazy. I mean, like you said, uh, as you're walking out the dome, and I, I think I remember we went we went out the main. Poydras exit so we went down one of those two ramps um and uh i what I, I for some reason for some weird reason i remember like they had one of those road work signs those orange neon signs that you can program whatever you want into and i remember i think it said like we're going to miami you know or something like that and i and i just remember reading that and being like that really got me pumped like oh my god like i can't believe in 2 weeks the saints are really going to play in the fucking super bowl like this is really happening um but other than that i i certainly wasn't puking thank thankfully sounds like that was miserable no um 
but no, we, I, there wasn't any crazy excessive celebration that night. I think uh, I think we just went home. I went I went home and watched ESPN and fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> no, but the fun the fun thing was that it was a re- it was a really touching moment. Like because like we've had the Saints ticket since '89, so I guess that's going on. Yeah, like twenty way longer than me. It's like '89, whatever. It's like twenty five plus years, right? And the thing was like my dad when the Saints started losing, he's like. So my mom, he's like, you bought him these tickets. You go to these goddamn games. So my mom started going to the games when I was, you know, 90 when I was like 14, 15. And so she was always like the really crazy Saints fan with me. So, like, we would always watch the Super Bowl, you know, before the Saints got it. And we'd be like, man, I wonder what it's like to go to the Super Bowl. That must be amazing. And we'd always, we, we probably, like, said that every Super Bowl to each other. And I remember getting home and my mom was like, this is so amazing. It's better than I ever thought it would be, and I was like, "That's so true." And it was just like a touch. It was, it was <laughs> like a touch. Awesome. It was like a touching moment between a son I love that. and and a and, you know a son and a mom. But I was like yeah, so no, sick. I, I was that. like, "That's great, mom. I gotta go to bed now." Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was. And and to think like, here's the thing with the with the NFC Championship, and, and, and I and I say this, uh, in all honesty, I don't know in the last say dozen years before the Cubs won the World Series this year, I don't know if there's a fan base that had more fucking fun winning a championship than Saints fans. And because a lot of fans, they, the, the cities, they're used to winning something, right? Saints fans, like, we lived it up. Like, we're still, like, we're still Sean Payton, Mickey Loom, well, they did win the Super Bowl in 2009, you know, we still like, like, we're still living off, like, it's still a vivid memory, like, it still hasn't passed, like, we're still living off of it, I feel like, Dave. You know, I, I've said it before, and uh, and I'll say it again, I've been to the Super Bowl when they won um, the NFC Championship game, I was at the, the Dome opener in 2006, I, I still, to me, the 2000. I mean, technically it was in 2010, but the 2009 season, uh, the NFC Championship game against the Vikings is still, I think, probably the greatest game I've ever been to. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I I, mean, it really does. It's just, it's just to me, it's some, I don't know why. It's just, I, it's, I you, you just, you just mention it and, you, you know, you say the score or whatever, you mention the game, automatically go back and I automatically just have these uh, really... Uh, very positive and very awesome feeling just and more so than even the Super Bowl. I do too. I do too. Even though I was deathly ill, it's just like it, 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 <laughs> See, it just, that's how powerful it is. It, that's how powerful it was. Like I, I was deathly ill. I wasn't <laughs> drunk at all. It was just, it was, it was a great feeling because we were you, you if you're there for it, I think it, it makes it special. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what, and that's what, even though you, I was there for the Super Bowl, but you were in the press even being there, even you were in the press. Box, no, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I know exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't cheer except for when Tracy Porter. And You're like, yeah. Ball. So, yeah. So they threw a pen at me. So this is, uh, wraps up this episode of Drunk History. Uh, we probably missed some stuff cause me and Dave are plowed. We probably missed great details, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, uh, I felt like we covered it pretty good. I think we did too. So until next pretty, week, pretty, uh, pretty, we'll be back for another episode of Drunk History uh, next month. Thanks for joining us and thanks for donating. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints History possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints History is hard. That's why God made alcohol.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.